0: Welcome to the LifeHouse Church Podcast. LifeHouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. How's everybody feeling today? Good. Worship was incredible. Life is just incredible. God is good, yes. All the time. We got some church people in the house. Um, You know, one of the things, uh, today we're going to be preaching about Jesus and stewardship. And uh, if you're new here or if it's your first time today, we have been going through the series of Jesus and. So what does Jesus have to say about certain things? Okay? Okay. It's very important to know what he said, Amen. right? As we live in a in a in a world where we're always looking into commentaries, we're always watching videos or seeing on TikTok certain things. Um, but we feed ourselves with so much information and so much things. Yes, yes. But we need to realize that the only filter that really matter, matters is Christ. Yes. Amen. So, what does He have to say about the subject? What does he have to say? Yeah. That is the most important thing. Um, so today we're going to open up and, and, and jump right into the word in Matthew 25, 14, 30. We're going to be running through a lot of scripture today about what Jesus talked about when it came to stewardship. But I wanted to start with this with this uh, Bible verse here, Matthew 25, 14, 30. And it reads as following. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey. And he says again, because when he starts the actual chapter, he says the kingdom of heaven is, right? And so that's why he says here again. So the kingdom of heaven is. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with the two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Another translation says, Come and share your master's joy. Then the men who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hit your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold for, from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has, has, has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and ganache of teeth. That, that, that last part was harsh, right? Um, so one of the things that, that we see here in, in Matthew 20, um, 25, um, it emphasizes the kingdom of heaven. And that phrase is used 32 times in the book of Matthew. So we need to understand how important it is for Christ, the kingdom of heaven, and how if we want to be disciples of Christ, the kingdom of heaven should also be important for us. So I wanted to go back to the basics. So in the, if I'm not mistaken, 19th century or 16th century, I'm not, the the whole the five solas, where it says only only the scripture, only grace, the glory to God. Um, what are the other ones? Well, yes. And so we're gonna we're gonna focus today in Soli de Gloria. I like how it sounds because it, it, it sounds like Spanish. So, I feel like I could pronounce it well. <laughs> Soli del Gloria. I'm going to say that a couple of times. And it reminds us in a self promoting culture of the important biblical truth that all the glory is for God. So, we are living in a culture now where everything is about self promotion, everything is about me, how I feel, what I want. And there's no space to actually look up and say, what is that you want? How do we take everything that we have been, I'm going to be honest with you, we have been formed and, and, and indoctrinated to think a certain way and to believe certain things. And that is contrary to what the Bible and what Christ is trying to teach us. So how do we take everything that is happening in the world and the way the world is trying to shape us and we spin it to the true vision of what Christ wants for our life? And I think that going back to the basic and saying, all the glory is for God, help us filter every decision we make. Because if we look and we see that, and we, and we have a, a, an actual posture of all the glory is for God, right? And we look at how the, the, the people of God, when we look at the Jewish people, when we look at the, the, in the Old Testament, they would actually think, even eating with how they eat, how does this honor and glorify God? And when we can filter everything to that, it's going to be very, very hard for us to actually do things outside of what is honoring and glorifying God. But it has to—it has a lot to do with our posture. It has a lot to do with how we're viewing things. It has a lot to do with our focus. Is our focus only on what I want and how I feel, or is our focus on let me give glory to God with everything I'm doing? How can I give glory to God and honor God in my job? How can I give glory to God and honor God with my family? How can I glorify and honor God with my parents? How can I glorify and honor God with my friendships? And when we can ask those questions, even before going into a business venture, even before we buy a car, even before we buy a house, When we filter everything through that, there is no way you're not going to consult with him. There is no way you're not going to align with him. So Jesus is encouraging us as believers to use our God-giving abilities, resources, and opportunities for the advancement of God's kingdom. When I was growing up, and I I like to tell stories. It's my form of preaching. When I was growing up, I remember that one of the hardest things for me was accepting that I had to love God above everything. And I was only a child. I, was, I gave my life to Christ when I was, like, 14. And one of the first things I face, I come from a very, I come from, I'm Dominican, I come from a Hispanic culture, and family are, is super important. Family is, like, super important. So I'm like, I have to love God more than my mother? At 14, I was asking that question. I have to love God more than the person that gave birth to me? And it was hard for me to actually understand or or wrap my head around it. Because I'm like, I've seen my mother, I see how she, everything, right? And it's like, how can I love? And as I grew, as I understood, I knew. God gave me that mother. See, God placed me within that family. So when you start seeing things through a different lens, you start to admire the right things. You start to fall in love with the right things. You start to respond to God the right way. So when we have a mentality and we understand that everything we have is his and everything we have has been given freely from him, see, we start to love who gave it to us more than the thing he gave us. Because we see and understand how passionate, how much he cares How much, details. He knows each hair that is in your head. My mom doesn't know that. (laughs) And it's just the details that he goes through. So when we start to see things through the right lens, through the right perspective, we start to understand how can we love the things that have been given to us more than the one who gives it. Not only that, he doesn't lack anything. See, while he gave you those talents, he's able to give you more. And not only give you more or entrust you with more, he also invites you to share of his joy and share of his happiness. And it's like, it's one thing for me to work for you, Right? But then when you make me participant of that, when you prepare a table and I can sit with you? And I and I could be and, and, and I and you and I could be called your son? And I become somebody that inherits the things that you have. I don't know about you, but that's 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 incredible. Being able to be adopted to that when we didn't deserve anything at all. What we fail to see is how the advancement to the kingdom does to us. Our father wants what's best for us, and we need to trust in that. Because a lot of the time, I ask my child, every time I'm writing a sermon, I always ask my, my, my son, Israel. I'm like, Israel, come here. I'm like... How would you feel if God tells you that you have to give everything you have? And he was like, will I have nothing? And I'm like, you'll have God. But will I have nothing? And most of the time, that's how we react. Most of the time, that's how we feel. And it's not that God is asking us for everything, as in, Give me everything. God is most of the time is going to ask you for the things that hold your heart. And not always is money. It could be a job. It could be family. It could be so many things. It could be time. But he knows your heart. And what he's inviting you to do is to live differently. He's inviting you to live differently. Through the, the the actual structure and the laws and the ways of his kingdom. And I don't know you, but when you walk in a kingdom, the one who covers you is that king. The one who walks with you is that king. And his rules are going to be applied in your life. And I want his rules to be applied in my life. I don't trust none of, none of y'all. not trust none of y'all. Luke 12, 16, 21. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down the barn and build the bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years, take life easy, eat, drink, be merry, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you, then who will, who will get what you have prepared for yourself, that's key right there, then who will get what you have prepared for yourselves, Are the things that you're preparing for yourself or you're preparing them for God? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. And I'm like, Lord, what is it to be rich towards you? I want to know. When we grow up, we learn that not everything that is good for us Is something we want. Remember when you were sick and you were a little kid? Mama or Papa were going to give you some medicine. How you would fight them off? Because of the taste. You know, just, we've grown up. And even though we know that not everything that is best for us is something that we want, most of the time we hesitate into walking into that. Again, God is inviting us to live a better life, a focused life. Come and share your master's happiness. Live worry-free by knowing who you are and who you belong to. See, in in the first parable, he's presented as harsh, uncaring, and strict from the lazy servant. And I think it's just a story repeating itself. Remember the serpent? Everything goes back to the beginning. God entrusts us with the whole garden. Entrusts us to rule. We have all the trees. We have all different fruits. We even get to name the animals. Look at that. But then our focus is steered to that one tree we can. And it's the story all over again. Our peace is being stolen. Our attention is being stolen. We have been given a garden, but look at that one tree we can't have. We have been given authority to rule, to manage, but have been led to see that what we have is not enough. We have been led to believe that the master is taking too much time to return. We have been led to believe. They've been saying he's coming back, and I've heard that since I was 14. Maybe he's not coming back. Let me enjoy myself. Let, Let me do it my way. Have you read his track record? It's perfect, somebody said. So if he said he's coming back, he is coming back. And if he says that he will come for us, he will come for us. Three things that God is inviting us to. God is inviting us to have a life of faith and obedience. And trusting God's guidance and following his commandments. Even when it may not be aligned with worldly wisdom. I think that's one of the biggest things. How many know that the kingdom of heaven, when, when, when Jesus speaks about the kingdom of heaven, everything that he speaks about is backwards to what we believe today. Or what, the, or, or what society and, and, and human wisdom is. The first will be last. If you want to be great, you have to serve. When the world is teaching us the opposite, you want to be first, you better run fast. You better outwork everybody. You want to be great, you have to project greatness. You can't be humble. People will walk all over you. And you know what? It might be true. In this system, what system do you want to walk in? Eternal perspective. When we look at the time we're going to be here, a hundred years, that's going to be a blink of an eye compared to eternity. And then we're going to look back and say, I know everybody here is going to say that. We're going to look back and we're going to say, Whoo! I'm glad I believed. I'm glad I walked in this. We made it, mama, we made it. What a success, according to Jesus. When we open ourselves up, Even when we feel vulnerable, there isn't a safer place because you're walking into his kingdom. See, the lie that the world wants to tell us is that once we open up and become vulnerable in the sense of, you know what, Lord, you're asking this from me, and I walk into it, and most of the time it's something that is not even, it doesn't even look productive. It doesn't even look like it's going to take me where I want to go. I've seen it. I've been in a situation where God has moved me to do things, and I'm like, Lord, is it you? I rebuked the devil. No. But some of us have been walking in this journey for a long time, and we know when it's God. And most of the time, we could say that we know it's God when it hurts. when it's something we don't want to let go because that's something that something has our heart. And for him, it's so important to mold us. For him, it's so important for us to walk with him. For him, it's so important for us to create a relationship where we could trust in him and in him alone. And the only way we could do that is by putting ourselves in positions where We have to depend on him. That's why a lot of times there's certain situations in your your life. You're like, Lord, why why are you putting me through this situation? Where am I going through this? Things that you have no control of. Because that's the only way he can get your attention and let you know that he is God. Because that's the only way that you can let go because you have no other choice. I've been there. I know many of you have been there. Like I said, so we look back and we're like, sheesh. That was God. And I've been promoted. Because when something like that comes along, we're like, "Ah, that's nothing now. I know you. I've seen you. I've seen you before. God got me. Because faith is not just blind, faith has a lot to do with your walk with God. Knowing that in those little moments, in those pocket moments in your life, you have seen his hand. And you know how true he is with his word, with loving you. And you stop questioning if this is going to be good for me or not. Because when you are in his hands, it could feel terrible. It could seem terrible. It could look like death. But he'll bring life. Every single time. He's gonna bring life. It might seem the last moment. I wish I watched games. I don't watch games. I could have said quarter four, but I don't even know that language. What is it at the end? Overtime. Three seconds on the clock. He does it every time. It's not like we have to guess. It's, there should be a point where we shouldn't even be surprised. We, we, we should see the, the, the clock and we should be already getting up. He's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. Look, 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 look. He's going to do it again. Every single time. Faith and obedience. It's not blind. There's a track record. He's shown us every single time that he's there. He's shown us his love. He's shown us who he is every single time. See, success according to Christ involves a deep relationship and a reliance with God. Not not my will be done, but your will be done. Even when things were tough for him, he chose to walk in obedience because he knew the Father. Let's get to know the Father. Let's get to walk with the Father. And when those situations come and you focus on the Father, those situations are going to seem like nothing. And you will be able to steward things the right way from the right heart. We need to recognize God's sovereignty. Understanding that all we have ultimately belongs to God and is entrusted to us for a purpose. What is that purpose? It's going to look different for me. It's going to look different for you. But we need to figure out what that purpose is. Generosity and charity. Being willing to share our resources with those in need. Showing compassion and love for others. It's been scientifically proven. Neuroscientists, that when you give away, that when you're generous, it reduces stress, enhances well-being and happiness, increases life satisfaction, long-term health benefits. I had to look into it. I'm like, how is giving stuff away and being generous make me more healthy? It says some research suggests that engaging in the acts of kindness and generosity over a long term, keyword, long term may have health benefits, positive emotions, and social connection associated with the behaviors that have been linked to improve cardiovascular health and lower risk of certain illness. I'm like Jesus. And I think that's the thing that we, that we sometimes miss when it comes to God and the things he asks us to do. Sometimes we feel like God is taking stuff from us. Sometimes we feel like, again, you're asking something from me. And he's actually inviting you to give you more. He's actually inviting you to live a better life. He's actually inviting you to live a healthier life. We're well, even going to feel better. Less stress. Come on now. We could go through many, many, many Bible verses here um, where Jesus is talking about stewardship. Luke 16, In this parable, Jesus talks about uh, a manager who, when faced with losing his job, acts truly to secure his future. Jesus emphasizes the need for believers to be wise and faithful stewards of their resources. Luke 12, 42 through 48, In this passage, Jesus speaks about the faithful and wise manager who, who is put in charge of his master's household and is found doing his duties when the master returns. Matthew 6, 19, 21, in the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus teaches about not, not storing up treasures on earth, when they have been, they can be destroyed or stolen. But rather, storing up treasures in heaven. Mark twelve forty-one through forty-four, the story of the widow's offering, where Jesus contrasts the wealthy who gives out of their abundance with, their, with, with the poor a widow who gives all she has. Matthew nineteen sixteen through thirty, also found in Mark ten seventeen and thirty-one and Luke eighteen eighteen thirty, the story of the rich young ruler. Where Jesus tells him to sell his possession and give to the poor. I'm going to pause right there. Because this story right here, when I was reading it and I was studying, God spoke to me. So I'm like, that's tough. That's tough. You're going to Christ and you're saying, you know what, Lord? I'm good with the commandments. What else do I have to do in order order to inherit your kingdom? Well, now that you ask, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. See, God is going to demand things from you according to what's in your heart. It's not that God is going to come tomorrow and tell you sell everything. But what is holding your heart? What is what is taking the place of God in your life? And I see the 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 because the first thing that came to me is like, yo, he was trying to he was trying to have security. And at first I thought, is he a survivalist? Now I'm like, no, he's not a survivalist. Because survivalists prepare for the end of times. You have a cave, you know, a bunker, and you know, all that's all that stuff. He's more of somebody that's hedging his bets. Have you ever heard that term? He was somebody that wanted security. And he was already good in this, in this life. He had, his, he, has to, he had this life security. Young? A rich ruler? It doesn't say he was married, but I'm guessing, you know how many girls were after them? Young, rich. Seemed like he had everything. Those are the type of things we scroll on on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram, and we're like, look at that life. On vacation again. (laughs) A Ferrari? But where's that person's heart? What if God demands... Something that's in your heart. What will be your reaction? Because I'm going to be honest. There was a time in my life where I was hedging my bet, suit. I'm like, I got this cushion right here. I'm trying to have my salvation good over here. And we missed the point. We missed the point that the only guarantee we have, you fool. Your life will be taken from you tomorrow. You fool. I mean, this guy walked away sorrowful. I'm combining both stories, just to give you some context. But I see it, and I'm just looking at the whole picture here of of each and every one of us, or each and every one of us fight, because we all have that fight inside of us, and we fail to see the invitation that God is giving us. He walked away sorrowful. I don't think he was at peace. He probably he probably he probably walked away and immediately had some gray hair. Immediately. <laughs> My man didn't look young no more. He probably was stressed out. He probably didn't have peace. Because he was trying to hedge his bets. And when Christ said, no, 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 no. You're either all in with me. Or you're out. Are we all in with Christ? And it's not easy. And that's the reason why he meets you where you are. That's the reason why he is willing to walk with you. That's the willing why, the reason why he's willing to mold you. My wife, she was pregnant with my firstborn, Israel, Edward Israel. My name is Edward, by the way. <laughs> oh, but my name means wealthy guardian, guardian of wealth. And I'm like, Lord, I think you're always trying to remind me who I am. I just need to guard the wealth. My wife was pregnant. I was already through my physical therapy with, with my knee injury that got me out of the force. I was a Virginia Beach Police officer for many years. No income. I was going through the process of, of disability on my knee. Six months went by. Nothing. I exhausted all my resources. Sawsted my money, I had nothing in the bank left, and it was like God removed everybody that could help me. It was like out of my life. My brother was overseas in the Middle East. He had no no contact. I mean, you would, I could email him. He was probably gonna answer two weeks, three weeks later. Later, and my wife had told me that night, Edward, there's no milk for the baby tomorrow. I walked up to her all confident, she's right there. I told her, Don't worry about it. God got us. I just said it. I just I just said it with my lips. Inside of me, I was trembling, I was scared, I was upset, I was angry. And I walked straight to my room. I got on my knees. And I'm like, Señor, Lord. No existe justo desamparado ni su simiente que mendigue pan. And I'm quoting Bible verses like God doesn't know the Bible. (laughs) And while I'm there it was like I heard God's voice so clear and he says you have another God in your life. What? The crazy thing is. To be honest, I, I I've I've always questioned this. I'm like, did, did he really speak to me that I hear him, or was it in my spirit? It was it was such a moment where I was in my knees crying, and and to be honest, I I could tell you that I, I heard him. And it, and it passed over my head. And I was so, I just got more upset. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Since I was 14, I gave my life to you. I've been in church. I've served. What are you talking about? You have another God in your life. It was like a movie replaying. Every time I put my security on that paycheck, every time I put my security on that job, every time I I, I had that cushion or I had those people that I knew I could ask for help, And God just started showing me. And I realized that's the reason why I'm in the position that I am now. See, sometimes we question. We're like, why are we in this position? Why are we going through the things that we're going? And it's God trying to, to, God was trying to say, I'm all you need, Edward. I got you. And I had to repent. And I repented. I went to sleep. I was a youth pastor at the time. And most of the time when people called me and stuff, it was because they needed something. Right? When you're at a church and you're in the leadership position, it's like every time that phone rings, it's like somebody's asking for something. They need something. I need prayer. I need this. I need that. And just a parenthesis, pray for your leaders. They need it too. Be there for them. They need it too. I get this phone call in the morning. My wife is right there. She won't let me lie. I received this phone call in the morning. It was Tony from Virginia Beach. A friend of mine I haven't talked to in years. We even fell off. Like we had this just, just boy stuff. We were friends. You know, we got upset at each other, and we, we, we haven't even spoken to in, like, years. And that's the guy that God uses to call me. <laughs> We're cool now, though. We're cool now. He calls me in the morning, and I'm thinking he wants something, or somebody out there wants something. And I'm like, and I'm, and I'm in this position of, like, he's like, man, I was I was last night. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting back, like, yeah, yeah, because I'm waiting. To give advice or to tell, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, and um, I was praying, man, and I asked God to use me, man. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> and while, while I was asking God to use me, your name came to mind. And God said to deposit you money. And to me, it's so crazy. So I told him what happened. We were both crying like little girls. Just, ah. I think that if he would have been right next to me, we would have been hugging. And, ah. God met us where we were. See, I was in a position where I've been trusting so much in the system and my plans and and I'm going to go ahead and, and go into the police department. I'm going to do five years. I'm bilingual. I speak Spanish. I'm going to go into the FBI, work undercover, homeland security, something. Had everything mapped out. Did my five years in the street. Went ahead and did loss prevention so I could get my detective stuff. Was, was out there getting drugs, guns, because that was the focus for what I wanted to do, what I wanted to have in my record. I was officer of the quarter for the whole precinct. I was working hard because I had goals. But he wanted me here. Oh, he wanted something different, something better for me. I couldn't see it because I was blindsided thinking this is all mine. And he met me where I was with mercy, with grace, with love, with compassion. And then on the other side, somebody that is not liking money, but wants to be generous and wants God to guide him in order for him to be generous and impact lives the right way. Look at the contrast. Two different people. Two different worlds. Two different needs. And God came through with him. He came through with me. My wife is there. We went a couple of months more without receiving anything. In the sense of my retirement didn't come in. I was not receiving a paycheck. And God was so intentional. This is how God is. He ain't giving me more, he ain't giving me less. It's like, but why? And I understand now because we forget so so quickly. We even start to doubt was this God? Maybe it was a coincidence. We even start to doubt the miracles that God does in our life. We even start to doubt the the, the times that He's present or walks into our life. We start to think, but was it was it in my head? He was like, "No, no, I'm going to show you." So, dishwasher, soap, it was running out. Next thing you know, somebody was like, "Oh, we got this dishwasher soap, and it was two for two for, you know, buy one get the other one free." And here you go. Like, Father, if you know I'm going to go three months. Can you just supply me for the three months? Why you gotta keep like he, he he kept me on that on that three second clock every month? Every month I'm like, am I gonna have for the rent? Am I gonna have for food? Toilet paper? My wife is there every month. And God will use different people. I even got coupons. People giving me coupons. (laughs) I hate coupons. (laughs) God took away my pride, too. I was prideful. I was prideful. I didn't want to ask for help. I didn't want to show a coupon in the store. (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy how I was I was I was raised poor, man. And it's crazy how you have a little something and next thing you know you're like, I don't even want the change back. <laughs> it's like Jesus help us. The only thing that is guaranteed is his worth. That's the only thing that's guaranteed. And all the ups, all the downs in your life, the only thing you can actually trust is his word. And he's inviting you to do that. Lifehouse family, our belief does not change who God is. Or the fact that That he owns it all. And God is inviting us to align with that reality and accept it. Because of everything that he has for us. He wants us to walk differently. He wants us to be different. We need to start understanding that we are not from this world. And by that is that we, we cannot try to apply the, the way, the culture, the, the system of the world to our own lives. When one has already been given to us, by the creator of the heaven and earth, by the king of kings and the Lord of lords, by the one that actually loves you and wants to take care of you, That wants to fulfill every single need that you have. You know why if I leave this earth right now, I'll be good? Because I know he loves my children and my wife more than I do. Before, as a man, I mean, how many men are in the house? I... I used to struggle with that thought. Oh, what's going to happen with my family if I'm gone? And he's like, what you mean? Am I not God? Am I not great? His grace covers us. It brings me to that story of Hosea. When the Lord says, and I would take her to the desert. And he's talking about Israel. And I would take her to the desert. I'm going to remove everything. Her lovers, I'm going to remove their, the, like, the crops, the land, everything, the gold, everything. I'm going to remove it. I'm going to take it away. Rip it off. So that she could come after me, and when she does, instead of calling me Bali, she could call me she could call me Ishi. And Bali just means Lord, but Ishi means husband. See, as stewards of everything God is giving us, and recognizing that we're calling God a different name. We start to walk and live accordingly to our identity, and we give him the rightful place. And when we give him the rightful place, he says, I will cover her. I will dress her up. We won't lack anything. (laughs) It's like, who who do we think we are? We won't lack anything. God is with us. And I'm just going to close with the scripture, John 17, 14, 16. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world anymore than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. You will be protected. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. God is inviting us to walk differently. God is inviting us to walk in his kingdom and in the rulings and the rules of his kingdom and once we start doing that we start walking into that we're going to see God in a different light we're going to open up the space for God to move you know why in third world countries God moves the way he moves i don't know you probably heard the story you probably seen videos because they have no other choice they don't have the money to go to a hospital so they pray until something happens They don't even have drinking water in some places. They actually have to pray for it and hope that it doesn't kill them. God wants us to walk and start walking in in a life where supernatural things happen. That's not going to happen if we continue to hold on. And this is not about money. It is about what's holding your heart. And for most of us, yeah, we feel secure when our bank account is fat. Very secure. (laughs) And we think that that is when we are going to be generous. I love my mom. But she tells me all the time, oh, if I have money, I will do this, I will do that. And I'm like, with the little you have, you ain't doing nothing. Well, you know. It's like, no, mom. I disciple my mom. It's a beautiful thing. If you see her right next to me, she's... she's, of course she's my mom she's you know almost in her 70s but she she gave her life to christ probably like 20 years ago so there's a lot of things that she still questions there's a lot of things that she still has doubt and when we talk i just have a blast with her. i'm like mommy you gotta give you gotta be generous Well, if i had i'm like i know you have I have access to your bank account. I know what you got saved up. I know what you got. And then I'm like, you also have two sons. And this is just in the practical. Right? You also have two sons. You ain't gonna lack anything. I'm not gonna let you go through things. I got you. And if I'm saying that, and I'm and and I'm a I'm a I'm a man. A sinful man with, with, with imperfections. How much more God? See, that's one of the things that I've always loved about God, that through relationships He shows us. Through marriage He has showed me what it is to be a husband. Through my kids He has showed me what it is to be a father. What it is to be a son. What it is to honor my mother. It's about honoring and doing things for the other person that sometimes we don't even feel like doing. And if we're able to do that for people around us, what is God asking from us? And what steps we need to put in place? The beautiful thing is that he's willing to hold your hand and walk with you. It's not not like this is what you need to do and not giving you instructions or not giving you follow-up or not giving you. Nah. He's like, this is what I want you to do. But know that I'm walking with you. And know that through your struggle, through you struggling and fighting with this, I'm covering you. There's this Chinese proverb that says that there was this this Indian, and he was talking, with this Indian grandfather. He was talking to this boy, and he was telling him, there's two wolves inside of me fighting. One is evil. The other one is good. And the little boy didn't even wait for him to to finish the story. He jumped and said, who won? Who won, grandfather? He said, the one that I fed the most. We know there's a battle with the spirit and the flesh. Which one are you feeding the most? Why are you craving certain things? And I don't say this out of, like, to give you guilt or conviction. No, guilt or shame. Conviction we want. I say this because, man, we start craving so many things. And it's because we're not feeding the right things. Let's get up on our feet. Just as a way of reverence to the Lord. Thank you, Father, because you're loving, because you're caring, because you're faithful. Lord, I surrender and, and, and I hope this message will, will be like a seed, Father God, in good ground, and that your Holy Spirit could just water it and work on it, Father, throughout the week, throughout this month, throughout our lives. Maybe we recognize, Father God, that we are just stewards. May we recognize, Father God, that everything we have belongs to you. Even uh, even us, even ourselves, we belong to you, God. And we just want to accept that invitation that you have for us, Father, to actually reap the benefits. And like you say in your words, share your joy and your happiness when you return and come back. And we can say, Lord, look what what we did with the few things you've given us. And we just want to honor you, Lord. We just want to glorify you, Father, with everything you have placed in our hands, our time, our families, our resources. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But before all of this, we need to accept him. Here at Lifehouse, if we just say you have to say yes to Jesus we do this prayer and this prayer is just us putting your hands on his hands and if you haven't said yes to Jesus, this is the moment to do so I'm going to make a prayer for those people Lifehouse family, if we could just join in and repeat after me, Lord Jesus we come before you recognizing how much we need you How hungry we are for you. You are the living bread. And those who eat from it will not be hungry anymore. Thank you for offering us eternal life, forgiveness of our sin, and restoration, Father God, with you. We accept you, Jesus, and we say yes to everything you have to offer, even when it doesn't look pretty. Help us walk in it. Help us accept it. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, just shoot LifeHouse a text to 757-690-2401. For more information about LifeHouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.